Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I'm your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. And Tim, I know there's probably a lot of teachers, a lot of leaders out there that are like you and I. We tend to, I think from time to time, all of us sort of imagine, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe we imagine a perfect life. Uh, we start to ask questions like, what would it be like if I didn't have any worries? Or maybe we're thinking of a specific worry. Oh, I'd love to be rid of that worry. Uh, we think about pleasures maybe that we'd like to have, you know, a house, a car, a job, or whatever that situation is. Maybe friends, how that could be different. Uh, resources, all those things. We dream. And it can't be that bad, right? We find yeah. ourselves doing that from time to time. But Perhaps there are consequences to that. No well. doubt. And and I think what you're describing happened a lot during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, what, what was it? I wish I could get back to when when we didn't, you know, have quarantine, masks, tests, COVID, you know, yep. whatever. So a lot of us, especially the last two years. In fact, the reason we chose to have this conversation now is we just knew there were probably lots of people listening yeah. that would say, I'm in this wishing stage right yeah. now. And we think the remedy is being fully present. So everybody listening knows the term FOMO, yep. which stands for if you're yep, missing very good. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm learning the art of JOMO, which is <laughs> joy of missing. That's out. exactly right. I love yeah. that. So really, seriously, there there can be great joy in saying, I saw what so and so posted, or I know that was going on in Pebble Beach or whatever, and we go, glad I got to. Not have that hassle, the flight, the, you know, the TSA, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, but, yeah. and I got to be here yeah. with my wife or here in this classroom with these students that I love and, yeah. and appreciate. So JOMO is what we're pushing for. But I think the way to get there is to be fully present in the moment. FOMO is just the opposite. I'm missing out on somewhere else. I'm present halfway. Yeah. And I don't get the joy of either place because yeah. I'm halfway in both places. Ooh, that's a good point. So Tim, you actually mentioned to me a story that is a actually a pretty good example of this exact situation, <laughs> yeah. but it's also an unbelievable example of yeah. this situation. Yeah, it's almost unbelievable, except that it really happened, folks. So I don't know if you read about this years ago, but almost 30 years ago, a woman by the name of Joan Ginther won the lottery while living in a, a small Texas town. She raked in $5.4 million, Ooh. which- Probably would have carried her forever. Yeah, that's if she not invested jump it change well. at all. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Suddenly was rid of all the distractions of a house payment, a car payment, and of all the other debts and bills she owed. Um, believe it or not, Joan won the lottery again in 2006 <laughs> when she won another $2 million. I'm almost surprised so, she was still playing the lottery. I know. Why is she still buying tickets? Well, she got plenty of money. Yeah, it worked out, I guess. Yeah. So now 5.4 million. Now add another $2 million. So wow. she may have spent part of that 5.4, but now she's got another two. I mean, talk about a stroke of luck. So two years later, she bought another scratch-off lotto ticket. I'm not kidding. <laughs> she won a third time. This is a true story. You can this look this insane. up, folks. insane. So she won a third time. This time it was $3 million. Unbelievable. But she's not done, Andrew. That is crazy. In 2010, Joan Ginther won a fourth lottery for $10 million. Wow, the most amount, yeah. Bringing her total winnings to $20.4 million. I'd be happy with 0.4. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I looked it up. The odds of this happening is one in 18 septillions. If you saw a movie about her story, you go, well, that's that never yeah. happened. That's just yeah. a fictitious... it was a, It was a fun fairy tale. That's right, right? Yeah. yeah. But... But here's why I tell you this story. 
It may surprise you, however, to learn that Joan's life is not perfect, not anywhere close to perfect. Huh. Because you and I both know when something happens, there was an equal but opposite reaction, right? Absolutely. Every action. Yep. And so now she's got all kind of other distractions. Think about all the people that know she won four lotteries. This has been written up a few times. Yep. That now suddenly are BFF. Yeah. I'm your friend, Joan. Remember, yeah. I came remember to your wedding. high school. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. And so she she's had to move. Oh, wow. So she moved away and she's trying to keep incognito now. Yeah. But my point, of course, is who will... Most people say, I'll trade places with Joan, win the lottery four times, but we have no idea. We just scratched the tip of the iceberg yeah. on, on the trade-off she made with all those earnings. We, and of course, you and I both know those stories. Go ahead and talk about this. Yeah. Well, of course, we fantasize all the time about yeah. how amazing it would be to win the lottery. Nobody ever fantasizes about the consequences of winning the lottery. That's you know so what true. I'm saying? We don't think about the balances of those things. And so really, we have to acknowledge that every time we're daydreaming about the grass being greener on the other side, we have yeah. to acknowledge there is some factor over there that we're not imagining at yeah. the same time. Well, and I have heard stories, I bet many of you listeners have too, of someone that won the lottery and a few years later, they're bankrupt. Mm, and yeah. they weren't bankrupt before yeah. the lottery because they had money to buy a ticket. But the point is, this seemed like everything was now great and I spent it or bought iPhones for all my friends or something like that, but it just went awry. Yeah. So my point, of course, is every wonderful thing we're wishing for always has a trade-off side. And I think being fully present in the moment and experiencing JOMO, not FOMO, the joy of missing out is really part of our key. Mm -hmm. That leaves me in a place where I can be fully, fully alive and present with this reality, these students in front of me that I'm teaching, coaching, or employing right now. I love it. I love it. Well, one of the insights that you have, and I'd love for you to share this with us, is um, the reason why somebody could win the lottery and still be miserable or win the lottery and lose it all. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really key insight into our own humanity. So I wonder if you could talk about that. Yeah. So going back to Joan, she is now distracted, not by the bills that yeah. need to be paid, but by a whole nother set of new realities. So we are distracted. So we can be attracted by one thing, but distracted by others. And the point is, we are a distracted generation. Mm -hmm. I'll admit, I'm part of it. Yeah. There are so many opportunities staring me in the face. My goodness, I grew up in the land of opportunity, yeah. we called it. So um, I may not know how well I've got it when I'm looking at all those opportunities. So I heard a, or actually read a news story years ago, Andrew, that I pulled out for this podcast. Um, I do believe part of our problem is these distractions, um, meaning our situation has changed but we haven't. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah. So Joan's situation changed. She's still Joan. And and now Joan has new sets of problems. So if the problems are inside of her, no amount of money is going to change that. That's exactly right. Here's a picture of what I'm talking. It's just, a, I guess, an analogy or a metaphor. Um, I remember reading a, a, a report about this. It was actually from a police report that um, in one particular city in America, there was a convenience store that kept getting robbed over and over and over again in broad daylight. Huh. So not midnight, you know, before they're going to close or whatever, or when nobody else is around and it's scary and dark, broad daylight, robbed, blind, like major things. 
And so the police were now on this saying that we're getting embarrassed by us not catching they weren't these catching thieves. The thieves. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Here's what they discovered. It was a group of young teens, teenagers. I don't know if they were young, but they were teenagers coming in, young men that would come in and the majority of them would go off to a corner of the store and cause a huge distraction. Mm. There's that word. Yeah. A ruckus, a fight. Everybody's looking over there going, oh my gosh, there's a fight broken out. Quick, call 911. Quick, get over there. Quick. And everybody, customers and clerks are all looking over there. Meanwhile, the other two or three, uh, robbing them blind. Mm -hmm. And the cameras are focused over there because the, the sound and everything's pulled, everything over there. It was a brilliant way to rob a store in broad daylight. I'm saying it's happened to us. Yeah. We are robbed of the best life we have. Uh, pardon me if I sound like a, a motivational speaker now, <laughs> but of the best life we have by these dumb things that happen along the way. Yeah. And we're, it's stolen. The moment we have with that student, we could have had a great conversation, but we never had it because my mind was at 3.30 today when I got to coach the cheerleaders or whatever yeah, it is yeah. we're doing. And we're arguing, let's be in the moment. Let's soak in the moment. Uh, for, for ourselves right that. now. You have this statement that you've been making all through the pandemic yeah. that I think is a brilliant um, a brilliant phrase that we can come back to, right? Uh, but it is quite simply, we need to step up, not step back. Yeah, this is the time to step up. So uh, let me just talk heart to heart before we go to some practical ideas. I don't know if you're listening and, and this is not resonating with you, but if it is at all, you're identifying with this. You're normal. We are wishful for another place, time, uh, boat, car, whatever, vacation. <laughs> and especially during the pandemic, we are going to be more prone and vulnerable to such wishes. These are distractions and they're not evil or wicked, but they're distractions. And I believe it's time to step up and say, I'm going to be intentional about being fully present with what I have in front of me. And what I have in front of me may be a classroom of students. It may be a team on a football field or basketball court or whatever. It may be my family. I have kids and I am frustrated more by them than fulfilled by them right now. Uh, I'm looking more like a referee than a quarterback in our home right now. You know, I just feel like we owe it to the people around us and to ourselves yeah. to be fully present. I love it. I love it. Well, one of the things that we both know, in fact, I think all of us know, being present is not, um, and we're going to get practical, we'll make a yeah. few suggestions, but ultimately being present is an art, not a science, yeah, right? right? It's about, it's a decision that we make every single day. So I wonder if you could talk to us about that, the art of being present. What does that actually look like? Yeah, well, I think uh, we do experience, as we've mentioned on this podcast before, FOMO and FOMU. Yeah. So there's another one, yep. F-O-M-U, in case you haven't heard it, is the fear of messing up. So the fear of missing out and the fear of messing up are two looming fears that pretty much for any generation, but particularly for Gen Z, yeah. are realities. Uh, technology has made life more efficient, but it hasn't removed this pressure. In fact, it may have added to it because of social media. Yeah. Uh, we only push ourselves to accomplish more, to be more places, to have the perfect vacation, uh, perfect friends. The perfect selfie, which took 50 shots. To you got to try right? a, a yeah. pretty long time to get it perfect. Absolutely. Well, I've, I've read about this person. <laughs> so anyway, um, just know this is reality. So uh, the commitment I'm making this year, this is just me personally. It's a very personal podcast is this. I'm learning again to pay full attention to the moment I'm in. And Andrew, you know me well. You've, we worked together for several years. That's not normal because I'm living for the future. And that's part of what made me a decent leader. But yeah. I'm always looking outward. 
uh, forward. And I'm learning now, I'm relearning to be fully present in the moment. And I think I'm becoming a better human mm. doing so. I love that. So uh, this, um, this is a term that we didn't make up. You guys have heard about this. This is not the first time you've talked about it. But Nancy Collier, who's a psychotherapist, reminds us of this statement. I love the statement. Uh, when we're fully present, we feel connected to life and everything in it. Mm. In fact, we do feel like we're connected to everything and we don't worry about what isn't in front of me because right now I'm feeling like a sponge. I'm soaking in all the water I need right now. Now, when I don't feel that way, I am wishing for Hawaii or Acapulco or yeah. you know Cancun or whatever. I don't know why I'm listing all these vacation spots. <laughs> it's a Freudian slip. Actually. I was about to say, you're telling us exactly what you're thinking about while we're recording <laughs> right. this podcast. That's right. But um, Nancy just calls it, we, we're a part of the moment, we're inside of it. Mm -hmm. So if you're a teacher, it means you're fully present with your students. If you're a mother, it means you're fully present with your children. If you're a leader, it means you're fully present with your team. If you're alone, it means you're fully present with yourself. I think sometimes we avoid ourselves with noise, distractions, music, clutter, because we don't want to be alone. I remember, uh, Andrew, you were leading focus groups years ago when you heard, at least from one middle school student, I go home, my mom's never really there. She's on Facebook on her bed. Yep. And then when she's making dinner, she's looking at her phone. And the young girl said, I wish my mom didn't have this technology. You want to comment yeah, on that? Yeah, or... yeah. Well, yeah, I remember it was, it was actually pretty early on in some of the middle school students we were talking to, uh, talking about their parents and the social media addiction that was going yeah. on there. We were talking about our own addiction and somebody said, well, you know, who you need to talk yeah. to is my mom. And mm -hmm. yeah, the comment was that my mom literally makes dinner holding a spoon in one hand, stirring a pot and holding her phone in the other hand, yeah. uh, scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. And what makes me sad though is I think you said this student was saying, I wish I had time with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know adults listening. We don't know. They may not be giving any signal or at least a parent signal that, that apparently that they want to be with you, but who knows what they're what they're crying out for. So mm. um, I, I, I tell you what I hate. Uh, here's a picture of it. I hate it when I go into some retail store or outlet or whatever, some sort, and there's a retail clerk with a customer who's there in person, mind you, standing in front of them. And the clerk's paying attention to someone on a screen elsewhere, on a phone, whatever. And I realize you got to multitask a little bit, but I say, man, if that person took the trouble to get in front of you face-to-face, -face, yeah. they deserve your best attention, not the person who phoned in. We even use that term. I'm phoning in. I'm only yeah, committed yes, to this. Okay. Exactly. So anyway, okay. So um, my problem has been that I'm preoccupied with both the past and the future, Andrew. Yeah. And I know we need to kind of start winding this down with some practical steps, but I'm either distracted by mistakes I've made and I've made my share uh, or by plans I've laid. So yeah. there, there, yeah, mistakes I've made or plans I've laid <laughs> are the two things that most get me off the dime that I, that I need to be on. Being present means not thinking about our past nor projecting into our futures. Um, I conducted an experiment years ago when I discovered how smart technology was enabling me to achieve more each day. I recorded the accomplishments from my to-do list and diagnosed whether I was satisfied when I actually got more done. You know what I found out? I wasn't more satisfied. Because huh. I thought, well, I, I, I need to get more done then. Yeah. You know, it's only it's only 3.30, you know? So rather than saying, oh, that's great. I can spend more time now with my kiddos or with my wife or who I adore. Oh my gosh, I just pushed myself even harder. Somehow I feel like I'm cheating life. 
And I realized we don't want to waste time all the time, but that wasn't good for me. Yeah. And just recording, doing a personal audit on my calendar showed me a lot. And it was, yeah. the problem was inside of me, just like Joan get the problem was inside of me. And I think it's important that uh, I feel like that's a point we need to really think about is so many of us see the choosing to be present, even present with ourselves as mm -hmm. that's a choice to waste my time. Right. And part of what we're doing is sort of breaking down that, that assumption and, and recognizing that being choosing to be present with the people in front of you is not a waste of time. It actually might be the yeah. best way to spend your time. <clears throat> That's right, uh, because you're you're giving what you have uh, to the most important need in the present moment, rather than being distracted by things that aren't even in the room. Yeah, that's right. All right, so I've got four ideas. Yeah, um, they're not necessarily ideas that no one's ever thought of before, but um, I wanted to share them to get your brain going, listeners. Number one, this has been helpful to me. I will constantly jot down thoughts that come to me so I don't lose them. Yeah. Now, when I say that. I've usually got my smartphone in my hand like mm -hmm. I do right now, and I've got my note section, my note app. I've also got email. Sometimes I'll just send myself an email. Mm -hmm. But as simple as that sounds, now I don't have to log that in up here in my brain. I'm able to stay fully present with Chris, who I had breakfast with this morning, yeah. and go, all right, I'm still here. I'm not thinking, oh, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Yep. So can I just encourage you, if you don't do this already, um, what will prevent you from being mindful in the moment is fleeting thoughts, ideas. Sometimes an idea just pops into your mind. Oh, that's great. Yep. had nothing to do with the conversation, but remind you of what you got to do at 3.30 today. Write it down. In fact, I even said to Chris, hey, I want to write that down so I can stay with you. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. And he goes, okay. So he was he was aware I'm going to be a better breakfast partner right now if I if I jot this down. And then I, I, did. love I didn't that. lose I love it. That. In fact, I followed up even later today on those ideas that came to me at breakfast. I love that. All right, that's number one. Number two, let yourself waste time and wander each day. Mm. So I'm not for wandering and wasting all day long. Yeah. I don't think that's good stewardship of our time. But this is something that's so counterintuitive for me. I'm so much into managing my time, time management. We mm -hmm. talk about that all the time. I think yeah. I took a course in time management. But um, I actually now, at this point in my life, plan time for distractions instead of cramming each moment with an activity. I don't know if you've looked at my calendar, Andrew. I'm not a model to follow, but I would say four or five years ago, it was back to back to back to back yes, to back. Yes, it was. Yep. And there's now, like today, I had plenty going on, but there were three cushions where I could talk to Chavez. I could talk to Mimi and Molly. Uh, you know, just I popped in and gave you yeah. guys, you and Angelica, a hug real quick. And I wasn't going, I got to hug you quick, but man, I got, I'm, I'm busy. I didn't yeah. say that. <laughs> now, sometimes I'm that way and I don't like it, but I just want to encourage your listeners, uh, just allow that to be part of your day. There's going to need to be margin for wasted time that feels like a waste. Um, I stopped calling those times distractions or interruptions because um, they're not anymore. In fact, like you just said, sometimes the best idea or epiphany might happen in an unplanned conversation. It's so good. And when I let my mind waste and wander a bit, I'm, I'm ready to focus later. And by the way, there's lots of research that shows that that's really good for your stress and mental yeah. health as yeah. well. That's true. All right. Number three, um, find time to pause and consciously breathe for a moment. Mm. Now, I'm only one of a million of people that are saying this, talking about mindfulness. But even if you don't get into mindfulness, can I just encourage you here? Um, e whatever version you have of being mindful, it's the opposite of distraction. Hmm. Mindfulness is the opposite of distraction. When we're mindful, we are fully present. 
like others, I, I, I breathe consciously. I will literally think about my breathing, full, fill my lungs and empty my lungs. I close my eyes. I happen to pray. Uh, I focus my mind and become aware of my surroundings. I stop reacting to the rat race and I begin to focus on a slow pace. Mm. So rat race to slow pace. I'm trying to give you things to remember, listeners. <laughs> but I just want to encourage you, even if it's once a day, find time between the meetings and the noise and the clutter to just breathe and be fully present in the moment. The last one I want to offer, idea number four, is to monotask instead of multitask. Mm. So focus on one item at a time. You are going to get several tasks done today because you got several hours in the day. But uh, the only way I can be fully present is to monotask, meaning focusing on one objective rather than multitask, which is to focus on many objectives. I have to force myself to not get preoccupied with where this conversation or situation may lead and just enjoy it for what it is. I love it. Now, sometimes things sneak up on me because I'm doing that, but it's worth the sneak. It mm -hmm. really is. I love it. Uh, so I guess, listeners, can I just give you a, a word of encouragement? In this relatively new year that we're in, why not make the same commitment? Uh, live each moment well. Perhaps President Abraham Lincoln put it best when he said, I don't know who my grandfather was. I'm much more concerned with what his grandson will be. Mm. That's me. I love it. So yeah, I, I do too. So anyway, that's. I just think that's what we need to hear today. At least what I need to hear uh, us talk about today. Yeah. I wonder if a way you might close is you actually told me a story. I actually have a conversation that you were having uh, with your wife maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, and it's just a really yeah. good reminder, maybe a personal <laughs> illustration of yeah. why this is so important. My wife is good for me. I love her, <laughs> but she's good for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Uh, iron sharpens iron. She polishes my character and all that good stuff. By the way, listeners, you should know, I married uh, Mary Poppins' twin. Uh, she's practically perfect in every way, yep. and I'm practically imperfect in every way. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not being false humility. I'm just so, I'm such an idiot sometimes. But my cardinal flaw is I'm always living in the future, like I mentioned yeah. before, and she'll stop. Sometimes she'll grab my arm and she'll remind me to enjoy the day. She'll say, stop and smell the roses. <laughs> I always laugh and I go, but we got to grow more roses, you know, and she laughs. Yeah, that's that's to make the garden bigger next year. That's yeah. right. The garden's going to get bigger. We're going to have more roses. You're going to be ready for retirement, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then she, of course, wants to slap me at yeah, that point. Yeah. But that's really true. I know we need to grow more roses. Yes, I do. But she needs to tell me every day. Yeah. Just enjoy the ones we have right now. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying to you all. Jomo. Let's get, let's get into Jomo right now. I love it. I love it. Yeah, if if you're never stopping to smell the roses, what are you spending all your time growing yeah, them for? You know, that's right. That's yeah. true. It's such that's a good a great, reminder for all question. of us. Great, great reminder. Well, thank you, Tim, so much for inspiring us, and honestly, for being so personally honest with your own journey on this. I know so many of us out there, probably listening to this, myself included, need a reminder to be present in the moment. Um, well, we've been talking about, I know we've been talking about us as leaders, but we've been talking about patience. We've been talking about uh, focus. We've been talking about time management, all of these things. Guess what? These are all life skills. They're the very life skills that we need to practice, but they're also the same life skills we need to be building in the next generation. So if you're looking for a way not only to practice these things, but also to teach these things, we've got a really great tool that uh, will allow you to do it in a fun, interesting, and ultimately very inviting and, and encouraging way. 
It's a tool that we call Habitudes. Habitudes are simply images that form leadership habits and attitudes. So we use pictures, metaphors, and stories to communicate really important life principles. If you want to find out more about our Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning program, you can go to growingleaders.com slash SEL. You're going to find a really exciting way to have conversational uh, approaches to these really important topics. So head on over to growingleaders.com slash SEL, and you can find out more. As always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. If you want to get the word out to somebody that you know personally who you think may benefit from this podcast, just send it to them and say, I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. If you want to connect with us on social media, we're at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, maybe people we should interview, topics you think we should cover, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those from you. Tim, thanks again, once again, for leading us. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Woo!